How you doing? I'm Mikey Jane. You're tuned into another edition of KGUP Presents. Thank you so much for being here with me. Again, I want to open up with another scripture read. I know the Bible irritates and triggers some people. And for a time, I was right there with you. I, I did the exact same thing. I would scoff at such things as people would quote from the Bible. But that was after I sat through many church services and it and it just kind of turned me off. But Around three to four years ago, I started looking for evidence of a creator, and most of that had to do with Flat Earth, because I started noticing that everything that I had taken for granted was just a lie. Like, everything around me, you know, education, the news, the political system, everything was just, just lie after lie. So I was looking towards the spiritual, and I was listening to numerous pastors online, but I still wasn't being fulfilled. Uh, spiritually. So I regressed and I started looking into history and trying to find the source of all the lies. And I didn't realize all this was designed intentionally uh, until recently. So I'm going to read uh, a quote that I recently heard. It's it's not from scripture. It's from someone else. Uh, he says, uh, history can be changed. Until now, it is simply the representation of the thoughts of man throughout all generations. Unknowingly, you have relied upon the account of one or two men over the course of an entire centuries to give an account of entire generation. If you do not believe me, look up the so-called historians of each era and see how they are few in number. It's one or two Catholic priests telling you the entire world's events from his own mouth, and you have believed the account of man instead of God. And this quote is from Tyler Doka, a pillar of truth. Uh, I want you to really think about this. I, you know, I've said this before, and I will continue to say this, that all of history is a lie. Uh, Napoleon has said this. Uh, Herman Bernstein has said this. Oscar Wilde. George Santayana, Voltaire, Vladimir Lenin, Adolf Hitler. I mean, how many times do we have to go through history and uncover the truth only to find that the truth is a lie? The only truth you're going to find is in the Bible, and I'm not referring to the latest versions where it conforms to the modern language. I mean the King James Version. Now, some people may say that the original Greek or the original Hebrew or the true versions, but I don't speak that language, and I'm not going to pretend to say to pretend to say that that statement is correct. I just know what I feel in my heart and what I've read through Scripture. In Ecclesiastes six ten, it says, "That which hath been is named already, and is known that it, it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he." Ultimately, I trust the Word of God, and if this turns you off and you no longer want to watch my interviews. That is your choice. Uh, this show is has always been about my journey. And if what I say speaks to you, by all means, I welcome your thoughts and your questions. I'm only trying to help you understand where I'm coming from. Because, you know, everything you've ever wanted to know is in the Bible. And I am, I am definitely a witness to that statement. It is there spiritually. And, it, and all the teachers of the Bible previously were telling you incorrectly what, the, what these scriptures meant. There's only one person that can accurately explain what these scriptures mean, and that is Tyler Doka. I know I, I talk about him a lot, and I do so with reason. Revelation 3.12, it even says, Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him my name 
of my God, in the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which is the words being spoken now, which cometh down out of the heaven, which is the mind, from my God, and I write upon him my new name. Everyone thinks that Jesus Christ is the name of the Messiah. What it really means is Savior. When he does appear, he comes with a new name and explains it right there in Revelation 3.12. I say this almost every recent episode, and I will continue to say this until everyone has watched the Revelation of Jesus Christ by Tyler Duca of Pillar of Truth, which is in the description below. And when every person has watched this film, this documentary, I will no longer mention it. So thank you for listening to my monologue and on to the show. And you're in the presence of the greatest podcaster in the truth community. Amen, Neil. If you're not following Mikey J, I have one thing to say. What is wrong with you? The one, the only, Mikey J on KGUP presents. Five, four, three, two, one. And you know I had to tell him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The earth is flat. Bro, you need to check your facts. I got high up through the roof. And I landed on the moon. The moon flat too. In reality, everything is just in 2D. Like a video came from 1983. Besides growing up and down the street. While y'all sleep. Welcome back. This is Mikey J. And today we have an awesome guest here on KGUP Presents. She is an author of several books, including a Geoengineer Transhumanism in Sub Rosa America, a deep state history series. She's a geoengineering activist and a former educator. She opened a couple of Waldorf schools of education with, that was originally started by Rudolf Steiner. And that was before the Rockefellers created the Board of Education in 1908. That completely changed the entire education system in order to create a perfect slave for the corporate model, which still exists today. And as a current teacher, it is disgusting to watch this unfold before my very eyes. And I hate the fact that I play a role in programming today's young minds. And that is something that she and I will get into today. And what also caught my attention was about her knowledge of 5G and geoengineering. And I, I learned so much from her in, in just a short amount of time about the latest technologies that are being implemented right now, which is another reason why I wanted to have her on the show. So without further ado, let's bring her on the amazing, the very heroic Miss Alana Freeland. What is going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, you got that wild, really colorful background. That's oh, thank very you. cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole story of how I got to Texas, you know, it just, you know, I, I we really wanted to get away from all the just the, you know, demonic feeling of, of Los Angeles. Like, I didn't really notice how much it had encompassed my life and how it negatively affected me until I stepped away from it. You know, once you step away from the the demons and the you know the satanist culture that you're surrounded by you don't really notice it until you you're completely away from it you know just living in that that city it just it made me want to go in like a spiritual direction and you know study the bible and and i was i just been on this constant search for the last you know almost four years and i I finally i found it you know i found christ and and it's it's been a 
a liberating journey for me. So well, I uh, think I think you're you're onto something there about the the silver lining in all this. I think it has it's it's unfortunate that humans and particularly Americans uh, only really wake up to what life really is about and what being human is really about when things get tough and um, the conveniences and the comforts are threatened. Um, I've never been like that. Uh, So, you know, I've always known that staying conscious and spiritually awake, of course, you know, I when I was young, I was a six, I was in the sixties generation. So, you know, it was sort of front and center for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, though Time Magazine would have everyone believe that, uh, that the sixties were about sex, drugs and rock and roll. Uh, there was plenty of that, but it was really about the spiritual quest and the political consciousness of almost an entire generation. Uh, that was the apparently the largest generation in history of any generation anywhere. Right. Uh, and it makes sense if you think of it in a Rudolf Steiner way, because uh, I've been a student of Rudolf Steiner for about 45 years. And um, he would look at it from a spiritual vantage point, you know, aerial perspective down on that and see that uh, that generation may have been unique and large because from the spiritual world angle before incarnating into this plane of existence that you know we love mm-hmm. and sometimes hate uh is uh looking at it through how many wars in the 20th century i mean it was just unbelievable it was yeah. just you know world war one and then uh the spanish uh war and World War Two and uh, the Korean War and Vietnam and it just never ended. It never ended through the entire century. And I was born in the middle of the century. Uh, and so, um, you know, we were, we were dedicated to peace with, but being very young and not really knowing how you bring peace in an industrialized society like America. And, we didn't even know, you know, one tenth of what I know now, uh, mm-hmm. as far as technology and, uh, and really what the agendas are. So, uh, I'm still, I'm still so happy that I was able to meet so many amazing people in the sixties and early seventies, uh, because, uh, we had long conversations deep into the night. About philosophy, about, uh, the move, the Ingmar Bergman movies we were seeing, the, the, uh, theater of the absurd plays we were attending and reading. And it was really so different from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and I, I'm just, I, I know that still gives me strength. I mean, Rudolf Steiner said that, you know, for a Waldorf teacher, uh, and you're a teacher, I, I understand. Yes. Uh, the uh the teacher is the main job of a real teacher he said is to give a child memories that they will be able to call on in their future here for their strength and um that's not facts and figures and the three r's and all the stuff that teachers are so obsessed with it's really uh the idea that you could give a child uh, a, a, some sort of experience 
of uh, uh, of a concept of history of mathematics of uh, English lit or whatever uh, an experience of it and to have to be able to do that for children you have to have the experience yourself you can't con kids and they know that you know it's a shame adults don't know that because you cannot con kids into thinking you've got something when you ain't got it they right. know. So to me, um, you know, I probably should be in teacher training uh, because <laughs> I do know how to do it. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that I had experiences in my past, in my youth, that can, I can draw strength from today. And I do. I draw strength because I'm going into some pretty dark territory uh, with the geoengineering books. And that's, that's been almost 13 years of my life now I've spent on just this one topic yeah. because I realized slowly that how huge it was and how it was connected to everything else. Even the jabs that are going into people's arms, it's connected to that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the the ability to go into the darkness and shed light, that's really uh, my style of Christianity. You know, I, I call myself a Manichaean Christian because I'm I'm the one that can go into the dark side. It doesn't I don't get depressed. I don't get scared. I go into the dark side and I shed light on it so that people know what they have to face and they can draw that strength up from whatever they uh they know can give them strength and avoid those things that make them weak. Uh mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of the key today, isn't it? I mean, no matter what the drama going on, like the last 3 years this drama which is certainly is not over yet. Uh, oh no! To go and see what you can draw from it for your life experience, because you still have your individual life, no matter what's going on on the large scale of society or the world. You still have an individuality of your own, of your own soul that you need to develop through whatever life throws your way, and that's that's really how I've lived. Is um, I don't think I've ever, I always say plans are what you do while life is happening uh, because uh, life has taken me in directions I never would have chosen myself. Uh, it's because I'm so open to life and feel that it, it it sort of knows more about what I'm doing here than I do. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but I really have seen that work. It has an intelligence of its own for every single individual, not just the special individuals. No, for everyone. But we've got to have our eyes open and our ears open. And that's kind of where culture comes in and can really kind of shut us down in a way that's very distracting and seems cool, seems like it's uh, way fun and uh, or way painful and way awful. And and all we're doing is avoiding, you know, it's it's like life throws you something and then it's up to you your own individuality as to what you're going to be able to do with it. And that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the message, no matter what I'm teaching about or writing about, uh, that's sort of the message that I want people to get is no fear, no fear, because we are just where we need to be in order to learn what we're going to need for the future, whether 
you consider that future to be here or, you know, beyond death or whatever. We need these experiences. And, uh, and, you know, that's what I try to do for people is share what I've studied so that um, they can make use of it if they wish. Right. Well, you just said a lot of stuff that's just to unpack. And, and you had mentioned <laughs> that you grew up in the 60s. So you're you actually experienced, I, I think I remember in an interview, you actually had tea with uh, John F. Kennedy before he was assassinated. Yes, I did. I was in the Rose Garden in the summer of 1963. Wow. I was 16 years old, and um, I had been selected from a uh, girl state. About 850 girls had voted to send me to Washington. Wow to represent them and uh, in federal government. It was mock federal government that we did in Washington, D.C. And then the last day before we were going to ship out, uh, we had tea with uh, John Kennedy in the Rose Garden. Just a just an amazing experience for me to be that close to someone uh, who was so powerful, not just in the sense of sitting in the president's chair, but in the fact that there was something about him that um, I could, even as a 16-year-old, no next to nothing girl, uh, I, I could feel it that I was in the presence of uh, almost royalty, I would mm-hmm. have to say. Uh, and um, and then three months later, um, he was dead. And uh, it was awful. And I was invited back by the civic groups that had paid for my trip to Washington uh, mm-hmm. to give a talk about having met Kennedy. Uh, and he also made a comment about how I looked like his wife. And so, you know, that got a little bit of a headline here and there. And uh, and and so I um, I really uh, it was it was just unbelievable. I came awake politically, I think, by giving one talk I'm thinking of, and people were sobbing in the room, and and women were running out of the room, uh, just overwhelmed by that death, because it was done on TV. I mean, right. you know, you kill a sitting president, and we now, I think most of us know it was an inside job, and that it was not even Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, that was a lie. Uh, but the the idea that you kill a sitting president on TV being satellite uh, run over the whole world. Mm-hmm. It was it was like trauma, major trauma. And um, that's when the deep state, that's what I call it, the deep state, it was a coup d'etat. The deep state took over this country, took over the Bill of Rights and has now eroded it to the point where I don't know that we, we really have anything left uh, in the Bill of Rights right now. Uh, yeah. And in order to uh, wake people up, uh, it took what it's been, it'll be 60 years this fall, 60 years that people have just slept uh, mm-hmm. through uh, all that was spawned by that one act. And then of course, followed up by other heroes of my generation, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. And now we're hearing that Robert Kennedy Jr. is running for president. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you never leave the past behind. It's always just right behind you, just right there. And unless you mete out justice for acts like happened in Dallas so long ago you're gonna you're gonna meet it again and again it's just going to be in a in various disguises but it's the same thing and that's what the deep state is is it was not stopped 
There was no legal case. Uh, it was a, a let go because people had money then. The money was flowing in those days uh, after the war. And uh, and Americans love their, you know, to me, Americans tend to be the people who, whose religion is convenience and comfort. And uh, I don't respect that. Oh, and entertainment. Let's add that too. <laughs> I don't respect that at all, uh, because life is a precious thing. Uh, and while you're here, you need to develop so that we become the best of humanity, not the worst. Uh, and, um, and that's, of course, what I've been dedicated to my whole life. I don't know why I carried that so deeply, but I certainly have, uh, I was the granddaughter of a Romanian Roma gypsy, and um, she and my grandfather pretty much raised me until I was ten or so. And I uh, I lived in an Eastern European neighborhood here in the in America, mm-hmm. and so didn't really meet America such as it is uh, until I was all about nine or ten years old. So um, I. I've never felt completely comfortable. Uh, I feel more Eastern European than I do American. Hmm. But my grandmother loved this country and I love the Bill of Rights. And so, you know, my work is here in America and uh, to uh, hopefully awaken people to their responsibility, not just to their personal lives and their families, but to their nation and to the humanity of uh, our time, because now I realize, and that's why I've been working so hard for a nonstop for all these years, is I've realized that this technology called geoengineering has been yoked to very diabolical agendas Mm -hmm. for a transhuman race. And when this, this inoculation procedure came out three years ago, I realized this is it. This is the final stage having, you know, the environment has been completely taken over by this technology. Most people don't notice it because it's like your generation is younger. You're coming on board. You don't know what it was like before. Whereas old people like me, you know, I remember what clouds, real clouds used to look like. (laughs) These are all plasma clouds. These are not real clouds. Yeah. They're all created by electromagnetism and chemicals and nanotech. So, um, you know, to know really what you're what you're perceiving so that you can understand the level of the takeover of mm-hmm. the human being. Uh, and then then, you know, how to set your sights on how to work in your life, even though the type of warfare we're in now is what, you know, we call the silent war. It's not, it's not troops out on foreign battlefields in Vietnam or in France. It's not, it's not that kind of war. This is a, this is a technological war with uh, extraordinary technologies that if you don't know they're there, you won't necessarily be able to see them. You know, I mean, if you think of the um, the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, I don't know if you remember from if you, you were in the sciences at all in high school, but you you see that our visual range is so tiny yeah. in this whole electromagnetic spectrum that all the way down here, all the way to gamma rays, we can't see any of that. And all the way down here to the radio waves, we can't see that. 
No. We can only see this tiny, tiny wedge here. And so we're in a way blind to the technology of our era uh, bec- unless we study it and bring it alive in our minds right. through our mental pictures of it and maybe, you know, watching videos and YouTubes that show how it works and that sort of thing, uh, reading books like the ones I write to to get that concept in there that we can go over and really realize what we're facing and how it's working, how those waves moving through our apartment or our home, you can't see them, no. but they're affecting all your biology, all your brain. You are being affected. So what does our government do? Our government schools, et cetera, do they teach this so that people are prepared? No, not at all. No. It's all national security, national security. It's all secret. And so it's lied about, it's hidden. It's it's just unbelievable what has happened through just that one act of 1947, the National Security Act. So much evil has come from that. It's just unbelievable. So that's what I why I write the geoengineering books is to explain how this technology has been developed right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. right around us in the sky. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and the weather, everything's affected by it. The trees are dying from the aluminum. I mean, it's all happening in front of us, but it's so big to take in. Mm-hmm. You just can't possibly do it. So uh, without help, without someone guiding you through it, who has already uh, studied all that. And that's kind of how I see my job. Yeah. You know, it makes me think, uh, you know, all this ge- geoengineering, this all ties in together because I, I live in Dallas and I'm like maybe three miles from the Arboretum. And what I found out is in 1943, in a- the Africa, there was um, like 503 troops that were arrested and they were shipped to Dallas, Texas, and they were barracked in in this like makeshift prison here at what is now the Arboretum. And so these like facilities that which we now use as like event centers, there were like the barracks of like where these prisoners would stay. And it's like, why would they bring the, the tr- these these Nazi troops all the way from Africa to Dallas, Texas? And then conveniently in 1951, that's when they launched the the first um, geoengineering facilities here. It, it started in 1951 here in Texas. So it, in there, there is these giant facilities. There's like three stations. I think there's actually four um, that are, you know, all around the western te- parts of Texas. They're about three hours away from here. But those those soldiers, which we don't know what actually happened to them, they could have been actual scientists who were brought in, but they were on on, on paper. They they were just soldiers you know, captured soldiers, but they were really scientists. They were, they were just secretly bringing over. And <clears throat> we don't know the actual real stories of that because it's, exactly. it's all top secret classified information. So, you know, I, mean, I put the two and two together and I was like, this is a huge possibility that the geoengineering program started right here where I live. And it, it's just crazy to think about that. Well, and it, it makes sense what you're saying, uh, particularly bringing over uh, from Africa. Was it South Africa by, by any chance? Um, it was the... It was like the the war that was happening where it wasn't really polit- like politicized or even talked about. I mean, uh, Himmel had had this war of the, of the sands, 
and that's where they intercepted these Nazis and then took them into custody. Okay. Um, yeah. But so, um, that could so, just be a story that was fed to us, you know? Well, but <laughs> when I think of Kennedy's assassination as just one small example of the white Russians and the fascists, the Nazi fascists, Mm-hmm. who uh, were uh, in Texas and were definitely involved in that assassination. So, you know, we had the paperclip Nazis already yeah. ensconced by the time of the that assassination. Uh, right. And uh, and it had begun way before, like you said, 1943 was the year that paperclip was starting to bring people over, right. uh, by the way. So, uh, so, yeah, and then you think about that, about all the history of that, uh, they're in the arboretum and how you have to you have to dig. And I think that's one of the important things to understand. We in America, because we have the uh, Bill of Rights, we tend to think of uh, knowledge as being open society. It's it's open, but it isn't really the truth that is uh, the, what we really need to know is often hidden. If you have great power uh, in your uh, ranks, in your nation. And we certainly have that. We have tremendous uh, corporate power. We have uh, military power. So wherever power is, it's going to be abused unless it's being uh, very carefully watched. And most Americans just assume that the law will take care of everything. Uh, and uh, and that assumption is not right. And it's also not uh, correct that you'll be taught what you need to know in school. Right. That is definitely not true. I mean, I don't know if you ever read uh, Howard Zinn's uh, A People's History of the United States of America. No, he, Howard Zinn was a professor. Uh, I I met him a couple of times because there's a local college that he used to come and speak at. But um, he he wrote a book that I highly recommend to every teacher to read uh, because you begin to see all that has been covered up in the name of history. And no wonder kids find history boring, right? They find it boring because it's from a textbook that's been so antiseptized. Mm -hmm. It's so clean uh, of anything true. It's been, you know, all the violence has been taken out. But now you have to memorize all the dates of all these wars and these generals and this whole military thing. You never really hear the history of the people. And uh, that's what Howard Zinn wrote. Z-I-N-N, by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, all throughout history, people have been warning us that all of history is a lie. I mean, like Napoleon tried to tell, warn us, Herman Bernstein, I mean, Oscar Wilde. I mean, I mean, there's just a whole plethora of people who have been telling us the history that we've been been taught is is a lie. And we just keep believing what these teachers and professors have been telling us. I mean, they created the system where the, the peer review system, like, like you have to write a paper that falls in line with what other you know scholars have said and if you fall out of line with that and someone disagrees with you then that paper is gone and you you can't pass your you can't get your masters you know i mean That's they, right. they, they prevent you from from going forward unless you can prove that you've been indoctrinated. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. And that's what the peer review is all about, too, for scientists. You mm-hmm. can't get your paper published if you can't get a peer review that has passed muster on it. And and often uh, those people are uh, they're on the take uh, from, uh, you know, big pharma or big medicine or, or big anything uh, right. in order to make sure that certain people, their careers are stymied and shoved off to the side. So, 
you know, what do you do in that? Well, um, you have to wake up. That's the first step. You got to awaken. Once you awaken, it's important not to fall into cynicism. And that's what kids now, I think, are doing is, oh, well, it's all a psyop. It's all fixed. It's all lies. It's all this and that. And there, there's, that's not really the message of being awake. The message of being awake is that now you kind of know how power has, uh, taken up a lot of the space that you thought was free. Now you see it's not free. And so that's good information because Mm -hmm. that's how it works here. You have got to work at uh, finding out the truth here on planet Earth. And yeah, our parents should have told us that or somebody should have told us that. But uh, no, you have to find that out yourself because, of course, your parents, generally speaking, parents are interested in keeping you safe until you're on your own. Uh, and then, you know, good luck or they'll be there to back you up. Uh, but safety and security, which are, are just like almost mantras now all across the United States, uh, that's not all life is about. I would say that the truth always uh, entails risk. Whereas if you live for security, then you'll buy whatever lies will offer you security. You won't even necessarily be conscious of it because you're so driven by the idea of security. Um, am I saying, therefore, you should live for danger? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you know, it's like security and danger. Those are maybe two opposite polarities. Those are tremendous amount of space in between those two where you really need to be more rational, you need to think things through, you need to weigh things and moral decisions. I mean, you know, it's not easy to be alive on planet Earth at this time. A lot of the simple types of societal structures have just gone, that they are not available to us now. We have to deal with built-up civilization, uh, incredible technology that is being lied about all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, you know, how are we going to do this? Myself, I'm, you know, I'm like the, you, you hear that thing of, are you the kind of person that sees the glass is half empty or half full? Well, I'm the half full type. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I accept that uh, there's a lot of lying and a lot of cheating and a lot of stealing and a lot of murdering going on in society in general. Uh, because uh, I believe that this society has definitely lost its way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we'll be able to pull ourselves up in time to, I think we're going to have to go down a few tiers uh, in order to survive. And then uh, maybe we can build back up. Maybe not. Uh, but whatever we, whatever level we find ourselves at, we still have a lot of work to do. We still have good work to do. So to me, um, I'm thrilled to be here now because uh, there's a lot that uh, someone who has a good brain like I do and, and, and good writing and, and teaching and stuff, a lot I can do to uh, to awaken people to the possibilities that they can have a very meaningful life. I don't mean just a meaningful life. I mean a very meaningful life yeah. because there's more risk you're going to have to take in order to have a meaningful life. So you're going to have to have courage. You're going to have to have strength. You're going to have to have endurance. You know, I mean, 
this is great for our development. We can really, really develop in a time like this. Whereas if everything were just fine and we could all just sit back and eat a bag of potato chips and watch TV, uh, you know, uh, that that's a real waste. Yeah. So I find this to be tremendously uh, uh, challenging and, uh, and, and, and I'm up for it. And I, you know, I invite everyone who wants to do that to join ranks with me because there are a lot of people like me. Uh, they're just <clears throat> spread out in in uh, all over the place. So it seems like there aren't many, but there's right. thousands of people like me, but just not all en masse, right? Not some big movement that's going to fix everything overnight. No, it's just a way that we have to support each other uh, mm-hmm. as we work on whatever we have decided to work on. Well, yeah, because so many of the controllers that, that control like the that, you know, everything on the internet and all the social media groups, I mean, they suppress people who try to come out with the truth and then they, they, they search for keywords. So we always have to be careful about how we say things or what we say. I mean, like my video last, uh, my last video with James Rogusny or I, I Oh my goodness. <laughs> that got taken down because Oh, we were, Rudowski. Rudowski? Yes, yes. Uh cuz you know, we were getting into very some some very sensitive topics and you know, I, I've seen a lot of videos where they weren't taken down but mine was. <laughs> it's like I don't but know what I said. You've got the other uh, I mean YouTube goes without saying but We've still got some options, right? Right, right. Still got BitChute and whatever else. Uh, yeah, and that's it. You have to think your way out of that. And that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it, but it, it is definitely instructive that the First Amendment is not happening. No, no. No, and they're making lists, right? right. We're all on blacklists of some sort. Absolutely. Who are speaking <laughs> out. Yeah, it just goes with the territory. But it's still... A tremendously meaningful life, right? I mean, right. it's great. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, we're not we're not being violent. We're not calling for you know you know an uprising and in, in you know storming into the Capitol. We're not doing that. We're just spreading information and just you know wake up. I mean, we're we're trying to reach the people who have questioned what has been going on and doesn't follow the narrative and doesn't watch TV all day long. Who actually read and like you know question things naturally you know those are the people who we're really talking to we're we're not talking to people who listen to you know spotify all day long and and listen to rap music and and you know those those kind of people who watch entertainment i mean that's right i mean that's why you're what you're doing is so valuable mm -hmm. to get the word out there and to uh, shine a light on uh, luminaries of another caliber, not the luminaries like Hollywood and, you know, Big Face uh, is somebody who's rich and famous. And the, no, the real luminaries are the ones who are spiritually awake, mm-hmm. spiritually alive. And uh, and so you and, and other radio hosts are, are doing such a, uh, a service to get the news out, you know, uh, alter alternative press. I mean, do I ever read the New York Times or the Washington Post? No. (laughs) Why would I? I haven't read those since the 60s. I mean, we knew that the Washington Post and the New York Times, at the very least, those two had been totally taken over by the CIA under Operation Mockingbird. Yep. We knew that. Yeah. So uh, why would I waste my time trying to read between the lines of the uh, of the New York Times and the Wapo? I mean, I, I I really love the alternative media that has sprung up, 
yeah, not all of it can be trusted. You've got to develop your discernment. Right, you got to have right. discernment. Uh, that's one of the things Paul says in, uh, I don't know if it's in Corinthians. I think it's in Corinthians. He talks about this spiritual gift of discernment. So, you know, I've, I thought a lot about that when I was younger. Uh, what does he mean? He's not talking about intellect, not talking about analysis. No, he's talking about this ability to almost tactily feel what something is made of, what the quality is, and you study it enough, and then you, whether it's a perception or a conception, it doesn't really matter, but you look at it and you really pay attention. You know, Jesus said, where your attention is, there lies your heart also. Very, very profound. Uh, So you pay very close attention to see, is this something I can trust? Mm -hmm. Can, you know, whether it's a person that is telling you news or giving you some uh, information, or it's um, or it's a, a factoid that you've come across that, wow, is that true? So, you know, we're going to have to develop a little bit more than just the intellect and analysis in order to tell what is true and what isn't. It just isn't because, you know, statistics can be used to prove anything. Right. Pro or con. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They can use stats and then they can change the stats because now it's all computerized. So all you have to do is hack in and change it. You know, I mean, that's what that's what we're facing now is just the lying, the ability, the quotient of lies now is just staggering to me. I mean, I've watched it grow over the years. Right. I mean, now it's just like, wow, you can almost think the guy in the mask who's pretending to be president when he says something. You can look at that and go, okay, he said that. So, uh, oh yeah, he probably means the exact opposite. You know, I mean, that's that's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, is to realize that uh, inversion is a lot of what's going on with truth. Yeah. So, but you can't you can't just go by that rule. You've got to still use that discernment and feel your way into it to see if it really is the inversion or if it's the truth. Right. So. Very challenging. And uh, hey, you're going to develop in very cool ways if you proceed to take hold of the challenges rather than hide from them or pretend like they're not there or lose yourself in video games and marijuana and everything else. I mean, you know, this is this is the meat of, of the entire life that we have chosen to live. Now, I don't feel anyone's on the planet who didn't choose to come. I don't feel like it's an accident or like the New Agers used to say in the 60s. I must have gotten off at the wrong planet. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, stop whining, will you? Yeah. I mean, this is this is where you wanted to be, to use your gifts and develop your skills as a human being, a real human being, not just right. a head and a torso and arms and legs. Somebody home in here who is striving for the highest qualities of being human. I mean, that's that's what I admire. I love that in people when I meet those people. Right. And I can always kind of tell, you know, because right. they're really paying attention and their yeah. eyes are clear. Their eyes are clear. Yeah, I, I've been just looking at everything from a whole different perspective you know especially this this past you know three years it's just been eye-opening you know i mean just just even 
you know, even before 2020, you can go to vital statistics and you can see exactly who died from what. And then all of a sudden they changed the way that everything was reported. And so it was very hard. It, it was, they knew exactly what they were doing by separating everybody into like these different classes and different ailments. And it's like, you had to really waste a lot of time in order to find the the accurate number of who passed during, during, you know, the, the crazy lockdowns. And, you know, it, it was all part of the the deception is, you know, just just believe what's on the news and we'll tell you what's what's correct. And seeding it there. Yeah. Yeah. And then changing their stories every two weeks, you know, like one That's day right. you could donate blood, but the next you you couldn't, you know, it's like like what's what's is correct, you know? <laughs> you're 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 analyzing it very correctly. You yeah. you see that there's an intention behind all of this. Right. This is not oh they didn't know better or gee they made a mistake. No, mm-hmm. this is all intentional, and that's what I call a black magician. That I I love that term. Yeah. I'm not being you know exact I, in a satanic you know studying Satanism way, but a black magician. There's lower black magic and there's high, uh, there's higher black magic, and it's so I can I can always feel it uh, of what 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 we're undergoing and that can be the cia that can be lockheed martin or raytheon that can be you know it's not just some card carrying stage magician or freemason it's someone who is uh working with others in a conspiratorial way to undermine human society and um and they have a lot of tricks in their bags uh and uh i i was thinking that we should Let's talk about geoengineering for a while mm-hmm. so that I can uh, impart to people what is going on with it, because I think people are going to be uh, completely, uh, as the British say, gobsmacked, because it's uh, it's so unbelievable uh, how big this picture is. Right now, everybody's concentrating on the inoculations and on lockdowns and uh, and that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the very large picture of what has been done to the environment all the way up to space, not into space, but to the very edge of the end of the earth, which would be I would say the magnetosphere, mm-hmm. right up twenty-two thousand kilometers up. Uh, but we're we're down here in the very thin troposphere, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we need that air. We've got to breathe this air. Uh, it's uh, it's got the things in it we need to stay human. And um, what they've done, and they uh, let me define who they is. They is uh, NASA, NOAA. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, the CDC, all of the uh, usual uh, culprits who are controlling um, the climate, the uh, perception of the earth uh, are involved in this with big money behind them. Mm -hmm. That would be the globalists. That would be the elites. That would be the foundations, uh, the ones who have uh, really controlled life on earth for the human society life on earth uh, for, I'd say, thousands of years. Uh, and, uh, and so what they, what they needed, like when you were talking earlier about how in Texas, uh, these, um, these Nazis were brought over mm-hmm. and, uh, and probably could have been scientists. 
paperclip scientists, and how uh, really the geoengineering started then. There has been geoengineering in the sense of um, cloud formation through silver nitrate. Uh, you know, that all that is very regional. It's very limited. It's for here, it's for here, it's for here. Uh, nothing on that scale has ever gone before, to my knowledge, uh, that is uh, planetary. And, and how that's done, right from the get-go, let me just lay it out. Have you heard of the acronym HARP? Yes. The High Frequency Active Aurora Research Project. Yeah, up in Gakona, Alaska. Mm-hmm. HARP is an ionospheric heater, and um, it's a very powerful one, probably the most powerful, or maybe not now, but it was. And uh, with HARP, they were able to control the ionosphere. Now, the ionosphere is above our troposphere, and you know it's about 24 miles up. That's where it starts. And then it goes all the way up to the magnetosphere, where, that it overlaps. Then you have the big magnetosphere around the Earth. They're sort of like auras, is really what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're very powerful, uh, energetically powerful. The magnetosphere, the ionosphere... And so when they were able to control the ionosphere, that was the beginning of planetary control over the weather, all mm-hmm. weather, not just Texas weather or, or China weather, no, all weather in the sense of controlling climate, because climate mm-hmm. is the overarching weather, the weather are the small system. So mm-hmm. um, by controlling the ionosphere, they were able to bring down a lot of ions and electrons and uh, electrify our entire atmosphere in the troposphere, the one we breathe from. It's all electrified now, and it's kept electrified. And to make it electrified, they've got to have a lot of chaff up there, what uh, the military calls doping. And they need that. That's all little tiny nano-sized particles, usually conductive metals, aluminum, barium, strontium, chromium, uh, lithium, blah, blah, blah. All these particulates mm-hmm. are in the atmosphere. You, you know, when you look up at the blue sky, now that it's full of particulates, what you see is a baby blue sky. A lot of people write me and say, oh, it's a clear day today, Lana. They stopped the chemtrails. Well, if it's not a deep blue, you mm-hmm. still got the whole thing going because it gets kind of a murky, you know, down when you look on the horizon, you can see that it looks like it's got milk churning all yeah. along the horizon. It's very hazy. So, yes, and that's all particulates. And it, because it's nanoscale, which is tiny, it's one billionth of a meter is what a nanometer is. Because it's so much smaller than a micron, which used to be the smallest thing we had going. Now mm. we have nanometers and we have even smaller than nanometers. But, but uh, anyway, the nan. The nanoscale chemicals, heavy metals, and nanotechnology, which are tiny computers, tiny, tiny, tiny (laughs) computers that they control by means of uh, supercomputers, AI systems uh, from satellites. From uh, from down here. So uh, you've got all that particulate in the atmosphere and you're breathing. Yep. And when it goes in, it goes to your lungs and then it goes through the lungs into the bloodstream. And then it moves throughout the body. It registers in the tissues, in the organs. But most important, it goes into the brain. It goes beyond the blood brain barrier. And now all that tech is in our brain. And all they need now is the capability 
a brain-computer interface, it's called. Now, Elon Musk called his NeuroMesh. It's mm. the same thing. Yeah. Brain-computer interface, BCI, or brain-machine interface, BMI. This is a technology that can easily be nanoscale and is we breathe it in from it being dropped from the stratosphere by jets, uh, rockets, and drones. And down it comes. Some of it gets caught in the centrifugal force around the Earth and is speeding around the Earth and making a ring around the equator, similar to that the rings around Saturn. And that is that's all for communications, they call it. I like how they use very neutral words for these things because these are all weapons. Mm-hmm. It's all weaponized. So they have these uh, these rings of this metal, it's conductive metal, from the nanoscale dropped from the stratosphere. And then the rest of it goes down and we breathe it and it goes into our soil. So about six inches of our soil is compacted aluminum nanoparticles uh, and all the rest, barium, strontium, etc. So, uh, so what are they, you know, what's the deal here? Yeah. Okay. Communications, fast movie downloads, uh, uh, mind control from space. Um, I have a list, uh, you know, let me just read it off quickly. Seven basic operations of geoengineering that you never hear about in the news or in the newspapers. First one is weather engineering. Is all the weather controlled now? Yes, it is. All the weather of the planet is now controlled. Okay, second, chemical and electromagnetic operations going on all the time because the entire sky is electrified. It's like an antenna. The whole sky now is an antenna. Um, Planetary geophysical operations, like the California fires, the Montana, Colorado fires. Those are all started from space, and they are run by nanotech down here on the planet, and they consume metal uh, and leave some trees standing. You know, it's not a not a wildfire, folks. Not a wildfire at all. And then um, directed energy weapons. Now we have uh, Internet of Things, Internet of Nano Things. We have Internet of Bodies. All of this is controlled by geoengineering. Uh, and that's because all of these systems in our homes, I don't have any smart dishwasher or a fridge or anything. And I always buy old cars uh, because getting Smart. new is just computerized. So yeah. all of this can be used, though, if, if, if indeed I'm being targeted in my home. If there's someone who doesn't like what I'm saying or writing, I can. all of these systems can be weaponized right. and used against me. So uh, that's directed energy weapons are a little different than they used to be. They're much broader now. It's what the military calls dual use. Then there's surveillance and neural operation. And that basically means mind control. They know where you are. They're tracking and tracing you uh, because they have your evoke potential. It's a special term they use. Your particular signature, your individual signature, all that's done from space uh, by the, um, I don't know, uh, 300,000 satellites up there now, or I, it's such a big number. I can never even remember it. So that's the mind control uh, and the tracking and tracing. Then the uh, next one is the one I spend most of my time on in my third book, which is geoengineered transhumanism. And that's about digital biology, not molecular biology, digital biology, mm-hmm. nanotechnology, and transhumanism. Uh, and this is all run in space and into the environment, All even our smart cities. All of it is run 
by geoengineers. Geoengineers mm-hmm. are doing a lot more than just weather. Uh, and then the final one is the most fun one, which I spend almost no time on because I just don't have the time, um, is the cloaking and obscuration and detection of exotic propulsion craft hiding in the cloud cover, mm-hmm. which is all plasma. This is all plasma cloud cover now. I haven't seen a real cloud in years. Um, and, uh, and there are also plasma life forms that are being created and then the ones that have always been here that Wilhelm Reich uh, and uh, Trevor Constable, two very uh, important men uh, regarding this particular uh, etheric way of looking at the planet, uh, they saw and took pictures of with infrared film. So um, so that gives you an idea of the extent. But the one that we need to worry about the most is what's in our bodies, what can be used remotely from laptops, from supercomputers, from cell phones, mm-hmm. what can be used to control our brain, control our behavior, control our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts. And this is going on wholesale now. I'm not using the future tense. I want everybody to notice. I am not talking about the future of, well, maybe someday. No, no, we're there. happening right now. Already happening. It's been happening. Probably what I'm describing, completely kinks worked out for about 20 years now. So um, so let's uh, let's wake up and smell the coffee and get busy on learning about the technology, which is why I write these books in an era in which nobody reads. Nobody has the concentration anymore. Nobody can remember what they read from one page to the next. They'd mm-hmm. rather watch a YouTube. But a YouTube is always a very small portion of a very big topic. I mean, yes. So uh, what? It, how are we going to do this? You know, and I, I, I realize I'm asked by a lot of people who could no longer read and concentrate that they wish I could, I would do it on tape. They wish I would put the books on audio. And I would like to do that because, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not doing very well resisting uh, people's inability to read. I have no trouble, but then I was not raised with television. I was not raised with a cell phone. I was not raised uh, with a TV or movies or anything. Mm-hmm. I I had to amuse myself, and I usually read books. So, um, so we are where we are, and that that gives you the scope of what geoengineering is really up to. Why are they doing that? I believe they are doing that. This this total what I would call epigenetic control over the environment, control over the entire Earth's environment to make it so that real human beings, biologically uh, oriented, made by nature, made by God, that real human beings simply cannot survive the atmosphere Mm -hmm. the way it is the way it's being fed and controlled. So if that's true, then what's the plan? Well, the plan is a lot of this stuff coming down that we're breathing in, including the graphene oxide. You know, it's not just the serums that have graphene oxide in them. It's coming down and we're breathing it in mm-hmm. right as I speak. So uh, their plan is to produce a transhuman race. And that is exactly what the... Uh, inoculations represent is this is the uh the they finally are ready they've got everything else set up all the supercomputers quantum computers everything set up now they're ready to put into the humans how many millions have they done they've done uh, millions of human beings 
They've put in the operating system. And the operating system now has the software and the hardware. As many doctors and researchers, medical researchers are showing us in videos uh, on the internet, they're using uh, dark field microscopy and uh, electron microscopes to see what is in the serum and then exactly after what is in the blood after the inoculation. So uh, we have enough to go on now that we see that there are, yes, there are is mRNA and spike proteins in some of it, not all, not all of it, right. but there's a lot of hardware on a nanoscale. Uh, we're looking at routers, we're looking at circuit boards, uh, wires, electron, uh, electronic equipment on a nanoscale with the software is being put into people's bodies now. This is the operating system by which the human race, the human and the post-human, maybe transhuman would be the word you would use, will be controlled remotely. So that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. And this is just the beginning. You know, you, you can't stop this now that Pandora's box has been opened and all manner of weirdness is flying around. So now, uh, now we need to, um, first of all, take account of our own lives and how we'll stay at least somewhat safe uh, so that we can maybe do uh, metal detoxing. I think metal detoxing has to now be part of your maintenance kit. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be some supplements that you need to be taking. There may be because the food is not Certainly GMO food is, you might as well not eat it. You might as well eat cardboard because the GMO <laughs> food, as I keep telling people who eat in restaurants and get takeout all the time and don't cook. Suicide. You know, it's, it's all, it's from a seed that is not of nature. Do you understand that? Synthetic seed. Right. So synthetic seed will not produce the kind of food that a real human being, a human 1.0 needs. Maybe it will be just fine for the transhuman race that is now coming online, literally online. Right. Um, but um, we need to start looking a little deeper into our maintenance of what we're doing daily. Uh, those people with children especially are, you know, thinking for their future and who who they will be or or will they be a what? Uh, you see, uh, so that that's, I know it's not exactly what I'd call good news, but the good part is that we can still, we're very smart humans, uh, who, humans who use their brain and their spiritual uh, side can think up a lot of new things of ways to survive this, ways to overcome this. And a lot of people are working on that right now. I would say thousands of people are working on that right now, mm -hmm. using their own bodies uh, as the uh, as their experimental vessel uh, and their friends uh, and their cohorts. So uh, there's a lot of activity going on now that people have finally awakened to the fact that evil is abroad and oh, it yeah. is very successfully working together with technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, this is not, this is not making it up. Uh, this is uh, not a sci-fi movie, though you may feel like you're living in one now and then. Uh, it is real. And this is our yeah. challenge. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we're able to stream and transfer these giant files of stuff that, we, you know, movies 
over Bluetooth. If you can transmit this that much data over a spectrum you can't see, why why isn't it impossible that we can transform our bodies into a receiving entity where we can receive these files into our own body through Bluetooth technology? You know, and, and oh. these like ionic spectrums. Well, I mean, that's what's happening, isn't it? I mean, you've yeah. seen the videos of the graveyards, right? right? Where the Bluetooth signal is coming up out of the graves from the uh, post-inoculated people who died. Uh, so, so yes, uh, but uh, you weren't saying that it's a good thing for us to download files into ourselves. No, no, no we have to now cling to nature. We have to, because... Um, our spiritual life is connected to the spiritual life of the earth. That is certain. That's millions of years. We are in the same karmic, uh, karmic accord with the earth. We and the earth are like this. A lot of people say, oh, the earth would be better off without the human being. Well, unfortunately, um, I don't think that's possible. Uh, but... Uh, I know that we are connected to the destiny of the earth and the earth is connected to our destiny. As far as the destiny of the transhuman race underway right now, uh, I don't know. I, I am paying very close attention to uh, as much as I can to all the uh, people that I encounter who have been inoculated. Mm -hmm. I, I want to pay close attention. I have no judgment about, oh no, I have no judgment. It's more, what can I learn from this to help in the future? Right. And that's kind of the attitude that we should have. And I wanted to say a word about, I don't know about your listeners, but a lot of people uh, regarding that word shedding that's being used. The idea that the, uh, the uninoculated are endangered or jeopardized by being around the inoculated because of shedding that they can shed spike proteins, they can shed mRNA, whatever. Uh, I want to say my theory. My theory is this. All the inoculated are definitely on, maybe not Bluetooth, but they are definitely on a system and they have an electromagnetic um, field around them. And that field is always at a 90 degree, the mm -hmm. electrical and the magnetic. So it, it's around their body. And I'm, I'm guessing it's about three to four feet on each side. So the three to four foot radius around them. And uh, when you come into that, field, you come near that field, say in a living room or in a school classroom or something, um, you may you may experience symptoms that are being transmitted to them or that their biometrics that are always being read at a distance, mm -hmm. that their biometrics are uh, being transmitted through your body because you're within range of that electric that very powerful electromagnetic field. So uh, that's more what shedding is. It's not molecular. It's not right. virus. Right. It has nothing to do with that. It's a frequency. You're not catching anything. Yeah. You are subject to their frequencies. It, it's a dirty frequency is what it is. It's a dirty frequency and it's active. It's mm -hmm. not just like lingering from some other time. It's like it's like that's what the dead people. When I think of this, the uh, the idea that there's a Bluetooth, uh, you know, a Blu-ray coming up out of the graves of people who have died after being inoculated, what I think of is, oh, they are. This is may sound strange to you, but this is what I really think. They, I, I think that is happening because yes, it's still active. Nobody turned that off. They, certainly remotely, they can turn it off. 
There's a, mm-hmm. there's a kill switch for that. But they want to see what happens if they can see anything. They being the black magicians I mentioned before. They want to see what happens post death. Mm, What's going on? Can they electrically pick it up? Can they electromagnetically pick it up? Now, a lot of people who see ghosts, right? We've seen the ghost hunting shows and and they have <clears throat> equipment whereby they can they can read sort of electromagnetic fields going on in a haunted house. That's all that is, electromagnetic field. And right. sometimes you might be able to see part of the spirit of that mm, yeah. so-called person who once made that electromagnetic field. So so I'm saying let's use our imaginations because we're in we're in a massive technological um change going on now. And we need to be able to use our imagination not in a fantastic sci-fi way, but in a way where we're we're thinking, well this could be. This this would fit with electromagnetics. This would fit with uh, what some therapists call energetics. Mm-hmm. This would fit so let's at least contemplate that. So that's <clears throat> that's how I'm looking at the blue light coming out of the graves. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I mean, in, in some ways, that's where they're pushing like the cremation. Like as soon as someone died of you know the thing, um, they, they would immediately cremate the the person without any like the family's wishes. You know, and they weren't allowed to be around the the, the person who died. So. It's like this just ongoing experiment. I mean, we've been experimented on since the, the 1800s, honestly. we The, the experimentation Absolutely. has never stopped. Absolutely. You know? I mean, <laughs> you can go all, right. this all is the way just, back. This is just the largest experiment that yeah. we recall. But it's all in small compartments. I right. mean, you know, people are in charge of these things and, and the biometrics, getting the biometric readings and, and sending in, you know, various uh, uh, disease frequencies. This is mm-hmm. also going to happen because now when I, I said that term, which you didn't say anything about, but let me unpack it a little bit. The, the idea that molecular biology is now being turned into digital biology. Right. And what that means is when uh, the uh, COVID, when the, uh, when the uh, Fauci's of the world are asked how how this could be because they've never isolated the virus. Uh, and they, they always say, you know, they always find some way to weasel out of it. In a way, that is probably true. But what if they have the frequency of a disease that they've, they've gain of function made in the lab mm-hmm. and they've weaponized? And it's, it's simply the frequency. Right. You've got the mathematical frequency of it. And now you've got the 5G, 6G systems and you can send that out. Yeah. You can send that to the target. And that person will have maybe maybe it's the frequency of Ebola. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the frequency of the measles. Maybe right. it's the frequency of the mumps. Uh, whatever it is. I mean, this is to me how big pharma, which I, is, is, is a real evil term in my mind and always has been, always has been back to the 1700s. Uh, <clears throat> this is how they can run us as profit makers for them as mm. uh, as guinea pigs and they can uh, just awaken the frequency in us through the digital reading of, of, of it and we will immediately have the symptoms of that disease but we don't have the disease I mean now that's a leap for you probably but I have experienced this and I, I don't want to go into it just take my word for mm-hmm. it I have experienced this about a year ago when I was on a book tour I was hit with a frequency. Mm-hmm. 
but I felt my body was responding to the frequency because it's it has an electromagnetic element in it and it will respond. And it was overcoming my immune system. In mm. fact, I think it bypassed my immune system because it was electromagnetic. It's digital. It's right. not molecular. The the immune system for thousands of years has developed, be able to take hold of only natural elements and defend us from those. Now it's digital. So it's there and it's not there. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I experienced it. Yep. I had the symptoms, but I did not have the disease. First of all, the symptoms did not match any of the diseases that I know about. And uh, I felt fine. Yeah. But it began to wear on me because uh, I simply could not keep any food down. So uh, so let's consider that what digital biology is going to mean. And when we get symptoms to not run off to the great white doctor <laughs> or the 5G, 6G hospital uh-huh. and to not that that will not help you because these people don't know about this. They really they know electromagnetics. But that's sort of over here in a compartment, and it has not been integrated into what is going on around the jab, you see? Mm-hmm. has not been integrated yet. It takes people time. Right. And that's, of course, what these uh, these black magicians at Big Pharma are counting on, is that it, it, it takes time. So anyway, that's that I wanted to put that out there, that this is going on now, and that the delivery system is not just in the arm, it's coming from the sky. Right. And you're breathing it in. And then 5G, 6G systems and supercomputers and quantum computers are all over it. All, all working it. in concert with each other. That's why yeah. I, I feel like, because I've gotten sick more times in last year than I have over the last 10 years. And I think it's, it's because I'm surrounded by these, these negative frequencies that are just impending me and just intoxicating me just because they're 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 giving off this negative frequency that and it's making me feel ill my wife was was also sick a bunch of times last year and we just couldn't figure it out and you know she's she's working in a school of of you know martial arts students who've all majority of them have all been inoculated so it, it's hard to be to be free from this environment and we're constantly just surrounded by this these frequencies so yeah i i, I agree with you that it's not shedding in a way of like biological it's more of a, a frequency that's digital bi- biological and, well, and uh, I, but i want you to hear what i said about the gmos mm-hmm. do not eat gmos just, yeah. I mean, if you do eat out once in a great while, eat like a saint the next day, all organic, mm-hmm. all organic, spend the extra few cents for the organic only because, and now they're getting the same crap from the air that the uh, GMOs are getting. I understand that. Right. But this is natural seed. This is from mother nature, organic seed. The other is synthetic. It is not food. It looks like a carrot. It acts like a carrot, but it isn't really the carrot (laughs) of nature. Okay. That's what I mean. And you can, you can make your immune system stronger by doing just what I said to you now. And then you can, you can face meeting, you know, meeting all these uh, post uh, inoculated people in the classroom and it will not affect you. Right. I promise. But if the school is 5G, which in Dallas, oh yeah. It's 5G. Dallas oh, yeah. is state-of-the-art. Everything's state-of-the-art in Dallas. Uh, mm. Not not a place I would want to live. 
but uh, but anyway, the idea that um, you use the implements that are around you, you start figuring out, yeah, not eating GMOs will strengthen me, my immune system. I need to do that. So I'm going to do that. And, you know, and then you, you find something else that will strengthen you. And that's how we proceed. We now are examining all of our lifestyle, lifestyle habits to see just what is helping us and keeping us um, safer from what is all around us now, mm-hmm. especially in smart cities. Dallas is a smart city. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. And uh, I mean, I don't know. There's not another choice. I, I don't see another choice for me. You know what? Kill myself. I don't think so. No. I'm not the uh, I'm not like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, move to uh, up and live in an igloo uh, at the top of the planet. Well, that might help a little, but you know, wait a minute. That's where uh, there's uh, there's a lot going on up there uh, with technology and in the Antarctic because uh, those are the poles. So it's a lot of stuff going on in those places. So I don't think that would be safe either. You know, it also depends on on, on the information that you're ingesting and how it affects you. Because I think I've gotten in so many of these rabbit holes that it's it's built up anxiety, and then over the course over the course of like the last four months, like I've been, you know, reading into scriptures, studying, like I, every day I I look up scriptures that I've been learning from Tyler Doka. And uh, this has been giving me so much different uh, perspective on life. And I feel healthier. Like my wife, my wife, I'm trying to get her to, to watch the same sermons that I have. And, and I'm like, cause she was just like the other day, she's like, Oh, I can't handle like, like the, 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 the skies just being overclouded and like, we're not going to be able to grow our vegetables. We're going to, we're just going to be sick all the time. And I'm like, you know what? You, you need to do what I've been doing and, and get into reading the, the Bible because I, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't allow right. things to get to me. If like, it strengthens you, do it. Yeah. Strengthens. And the Bible is is a tremendous book. I've, I've read it three times. The New Testament is more my favorite, of course. But um, I, uh, I think we all have to face fear. The problem with fear is... And I haven't mentioned this, so I'll just mention it. How's our time? Oh, yeah, I'll close up with this. Um, The the problem with fear is that it produces acidity. And talk to anyone in the health business, the real health business. I don't mean doctors and, you know, all those uh, American Medical Association program people. (laughs) I call Mm -hmm. doctors. I haven't been to that one of those since I was 13. Um, It's acidity is always behind disease. And death. That's what the blood changes into at death when life departs. Acidity. That's what disease is. Acidity. So this nanotech that's that we're breathing in, that's in us, and you can't get rid of it through discharging in any way that I know of at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to eat alkaline will strengthen your system. So the food you eat, besides GMOs, will always produce acidity. But um, but eating even organic, say you just eat a diet of oranges. Well, you know, eventually that's just going to be really a lot of acidity. Uh, but yeah. so you need to figure out how to conduct your your diet. Right. And uh, you know, it all of these little things that you do that you know, most people don't even think about. They just throw all sorts of garbage into their bodies, especially when you're young, because you know that, you know, live forever. And, you know, then when people start aging and things start breaking down, uh, they're like, hmm, I should have done this years ago. 
But I, you know, I have been a health nut since uh, my 20s because I studied Chinese medicine. Mm. Chinese medicine was brilliant. Mm. And uh, I, I've, I've followed it all these years and, you know, and raised my children with it. And so uh, I know I'm not speaking out of my hat here. I know this works. And uh, we need to strengthen ourselves, keep ourselves strong. Like your wife's fear, uh, she's got to get hold of that because mm. that'll produce a lot of acidity. Mm. And uh, and I just... Uh, I. I don't know. I don't have time for fear uh, because I'm too busy living a very rich and full life uh, uh, with some great qualities developing courage, a little bit of wisdom here and there. And I mean, you know, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. Because my enemy now through knowledge and that's the advantage, you know, to where you read things, but you read enough that you understand how it works, not just enough to go, oh, my God, I had no idea. This is scary. <laughs> you know, that's not going to help you. You've got to read enough that you can form a very clear mental picture of how, for example, how harp works. Oh, it's bouncing signals off of the ionosphere, and those are coming down into various areas to do various things. So, um, you know, that that's that's the beauty of knowledge. I, I always write in books that I sign for people uh, at book signings, uh, knowledge is power. Scientia est potentia. It's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Bad, the bad guys know that, too. That's why they want us dumb. That's why they want us filled with fear. They don't want us to have knowledge because then we're strong and uh, and we can see and our spiritual selves grow. They don't want that. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, one of the things that is very hard to get through to the inoculated is that, well, why would the, the these elites, these supposed elites, why would they do all of this to themselves? And how do you answer that question? Because I, I kind of get stumped. At, at times? Oh, they have the antidote. It's very easy to answer. answer. They have the antidotes. Oh, okay. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have the best and they have the resources, right? They have the resources. You think that they're showing you all their science? Yeah. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> They've never shown the common people all their science. They have much more. And so yeah. maybe they have a med bed. Maybe um, I know they have state-of-the-art air filters that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. That have are breathing pure air, exactly the right thing. They can pay all the professionals to check everything. Uh, you know, and then there's the other elites who are lower on the totem pole who are not told at all. Yeah. And they're they're in the soup too. Though yeah. they may be able to fly off to their, you know, their beach house in Bali for the weekend or something like that. But uh, no, no, they have the antidotes. It was the same thing with AIDS when AIDS was uh, created by. World Health Organization, which it was, uh, and, and Dr. Robert Gallo was their uh, their lackey for that. Um, they had the uh, the antidote for their children, for their gay par- partners, for whoever. Yeah, I mean, they always make sure that they're taken care of first. I mean, then the they an- lose it. The antidote could just be knowledge. The same knowledge that we currently have, and they well, they not just the avoid... knowledge we have. No, they would have to have much more than we have. We're yeah. still in the uh, search, the search and rescue uh, category. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, right. avoiding like GMOs and having purified water, and you know, having yeah, it's a beginning. It's a yeah. beginning, but it's an important beginning. It's not like oh, I can skip this because I love a big a Big Mac cheeseburger. No, it's not going to be like that. 
you're going to have to change your lifestyle. I haven't touched that garbage since 2017. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I never allowed my children to have any of those and they hated me for it. Um, but um, anyway, you get my drip. And um, if people want to buy, I recommend the geoengineered transhumanism. It's 650 pages. I apologize. <laughs> but it's because I've taken five huge areas and showed how they all serve each other and fit together. So you can read, you can pick up the book and I promise you, you can start reading anywhere in the book. And it's not, it's not like a cliffhanger where, you know, you get to the end of the plot at the end. No, each chapter, each section has things to say about that particular thing. Like the 5G section is just about the five and 6G. Uh, So um, to get the book, at a tiny little bookstore in Seattle called the Rudolph Steiner Bookstore, Seattle, Washington. They carry everything I've written, including, and we didn't get to it, the uh, Sub Rosa America series, which is a fictional treatment of the history of America since Kennedy's assassination. Uh, okay. okay. And it's very, very good. It has a sort of cult following of a few hundred people. Um, so, um, yeah, you can get everything I've written at that little tiny bookstore. And the reason the reason to get the book, uh, the geoengineer transhumanism there is that's the colored version with the 60 color illustrations. Whereas if you buy it on evil Amazon, you're <laughs> going to uh, have black and white. So it's just not as nice and not as uh, exact in a way <clears throat> to just have black. And white. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really awesome to to speak to you and I, I wish we would have got in more into like the education system and like talked a little more about AI and how it controls the jet stream. Uh, I, I think that's the one thing that we didn't really go into any like depth of how AI is involved in like the weather modification. Oh, it's all it's all AI. Yeah. It's all run by AI. You couldn't do an entire world without the AI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I it's so obvious to me because I study this stuff that I don't even mention it. Yeah. Yes, it's all AI. Yeah, and then Elon he's like, "Oh, we need to to scale back GTP5 and because of the the implication of like, you know, I mean, they they're not rolling out they're not ceasing to roll out anything. I mean, everything's No, no. He plays both sides of the of Right. The he has exactly. to. He has to because he's a rich guy. Otherwise, yeah. they'll kill him and take his money like they yeah. did Howard Hughes back in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, that, that was really great. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to put all the, the links, your links in the description. And that way everyone can can find you easily and, you know, find your website and, and go to your uh, your workshops because you, you do a lot of active tours where you're you do speaking engagements, right? I do. If people set it up for me in a place and, you know, pay my plane fare and uh, I don't charge a speaker fee, uh, I will come if they like give me a place to sleep and a couple of meals. And nice. <laughs> yes, I'm, the- I'm, I'm on the road sometimes. Yeah, that's a good deal. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And you have a, enjoy the rest of your, your uh, day off. Well, thank and- you. So, thank you so much for having me. This was good. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, adios. Adios. One day your liberty won't exist And Britannia
ignorant. 